You know, um, <clears throat> if you've never checked out any of those videos, I would uh, encourage you to do so. I have found that I search out the hook in people's stories. Whether I'm talking to you personally or uh, watching something on television or a video that I found, the longer I've been in this relationship with Christ, the more I look for the hook. You know, the, the hook in his story was a maid. He began to open his eyes, and then he had a willingness to accept the fact that Christ is Savior of the world. That's his hook. That's where it went 180 degrees. That's where it turned around. This week there was a special on TV I'd been looking forward to seeing, and, and I stayed up too late to watch it. It was an hour and a half long. I'm one of those people that when I'm watching things on TV, I'm also looking at the clock so I can tell where the hook's going to be. You know, you've got 30 minutes to get this thing turned around. You've got 20 minutes, and it's fixing to happen. It'll be in this story because there's only 10 minutes left. For an hour and a half, I watched this story of this man. He had plenty of opportunities to throw out the hook. It didn't come. His 25-year-old son followed in his footsteps died of a heroin overdose. And I thought, this, this is the hook. I watched an hour and a half and there was no hook. It was a person that used to be a hero of mine. A person that I followed, a person I imitated in my younger days. And there was no hook. And I got up the next morning and I said, God, I wasted an hour and a half of my life last night watching and there was no hook. And he said, if you think that's bad, look around you. At all the people that you encounter on a daily basis who have no hook. There's no place in their life where they can put their finger on a certain event or a certain day and say, this is where it turned around for me. Because, see, your hook becomes a hook. When your story has a hook, you have a purpose. When your story doesn't have a hook, you're spinning your wheels. You're working for the things of this world that are fading away faster than you can attain them. When your story has a hook, your life has a purpose. That man's life has a purpose now. Do you know how many people his hook can catch for Christ? Every time, some of you, some of you personally, I've sat and talked with, and I know your hook as well as I know my own. I've heard the stories over and over. I've heard you share in, on numerous occasions about your hook, that time in your life. When you hit rock bottom, I talked to a guy just a couple weeks ago, and I've encountered him a couple times since, a, a person that has had tragedy come into his life, major tragedy come into his life. And he said, you know, it's a crying shame that it took this tragedy to make me realize the realness of a need with a, of a relationship with my Creator. So many people have tried to tell me and so many people have tried to guide me and I wouldn't listen. But this horrible tragedy has taken place and I finally figured it out. Good news, he got a hook. Bad news, he's also got some consequences coming. Some major dreadful consequences. 
but he's got a hook, so there's hope. Because God can use your hook no matter where you are, no matter who you are. But if your story doesn't have a hook, I need you to really tune me in this morning. I need you to really listen to me. You need to have a time in your life when you can put your finger on that things changed. It's a hook because it's 180 degrees. It's a hook because once you have it, now you can capture people for the cause of the kingdom. Now you can use your story and your testimony to see other people's lives changed. But if you don't have a hook, you're just spinning your wheels. You've got to have a hook. I watch, I love them I Am Second videos. That's not even my favorite one, but I wanted to get a short one because I didn't want to lose your attention this morning. There's some awesome, awesome videos, and they all have a hook. And I don't guess it's a bad thing, but it's gotten me trained to where every story I hear, I'm listening for the hook. I'm anticipating what turned it around. I'm anticipating when they figured it out and how they found it out and how God reached out to them and what took place in their life to give them a hook. So that when I watch a special on TV, an hour and a half's worth and there's no hook, I wake up disappointed, let down, because there's no hook. There's no turning point. There's no purpose. Story. It's intriguing. But it doesn't help because there's no hook. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 39. My introduction to this message this morning will probably take longer than the message itself. Because this is pretty cut and dry, but it's what God's laid on my heart for this week, so it's what we're going to do. John chapter 4, verse 39. We'll read through verse 42. Now, <coughs> this is cutting into, um, into the middle of a story. Um, this is the woman at the well. Y'all are mostly familiar with this story. We're, ex- we're at the tail end of this story. Um, And the part that I want you to see and the part that I want to point out to you this morning um, is right here in verses 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. You see this? Remember, this is the woman at the well. You remember this story, right? She comes to Christ and ask him for water, they, they kind of, there at the same time, coincidentally, right? And, and she, he goes, I've got water that'll, I can, that'll, you'll, if you drink of it, you'll never thirst. And, and, he, and he starts breaking down, you know, go get your husband. She says, well, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have a husband. I've had a lot of husbands that I don't currently have a husband. And what he was doing is allowing her opportunity to see the wrongs in her own life without pointing fingers and without pushing down, just giving her opportunity. Well, that happened to her, and she left there with a hook. She left there with a change in her life, and now she's gone to these people, the other Samaritans, and because many of the Samaritans that in that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, she used her hook immediately. She went and testified about what Christ had done in her life and pointed out in her life, and now she's using her hook. 
So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. Now a lot of them believed because of her hook. Now some have gained their hook because they had their own encounter with Jesus. They had their own introduction to Christ. Because this one person, this one woman, heard the word of God and had a change take place in her life, now many upon many lives have been changed. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father and our God, we come to you this morning again to say thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be gathered in your house, for the opportunity to be standing before your people and, and spreading your word. I pray, Father, that if there be one here today that doesn't have a hook, their hook would come today. Father, that everyone in here would be changed by your word this morning. I pray, Father, for your continued guidance, your continued direction as a, as a church and as individuals. Father, that we would constantly be seeking what you would have us to do and how you would have us to respond. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We see this lady at the well gained a hook. She got a turning point in her story. Her story went from story to testimony. And when she began to testify, other people began to believe. She's using her hook for the kingdom building. Now, several changed because of her story and, and her encounter. Then others were just intrigued enough by it that they wanted to get their own encounter. So they begged Jesus to stay around, and he did. And they, they say right here at the end, you know, some believe because of her hook, because of her testimony, and others believe because they heard it for themselves from Christ. But many lives were changed because one person swallowed foolish pride and accepted the fact that they weren't good enough to achieve what they were trying to achieve on their own and decided to allow Christ to become their connection with the Heavenly Father. In other words, a relationship with the Father through the Son has taken place. And because that relationship took place in one person's life, many people were won over for the kingdom of God. Now, a multitude of things have to take place in order for this plan to work. The first thing is pride has to be pushed aside because this lady can shake her head, stomp her feet, and walk back to where she came from, shut her door, and go, I don't care what he says. Uh, the next thing that has to happen is that she has to realize the importance of her hook. Now that her story has changed, now that her story becomes a testimony, she has to share that. Because it's easy for each and every one of us to listen to the old devil when he says, yeah, 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 whatever, nobody wants to hear that. And we just, cut our, we just shut our mouth. We just seal our lips. And we don't share the good news of the love of Christ. We don't share the good news of the gospel. And how many people don't have a hook today because I didn't share my hook? Because I didn't use my hook. I didn't throw it out there and reel it in enough times. I didn't give it the opportunity to do what God has designed it to do. How many people are not in church this morning because of my failure to recognize the importance of my testimony? How many people are not in church this morning? How many people are not in a relationship with Christ today because you passed on an opportunity to share your testimony? 
How many people are not in church today or not in a relationship with Christ today because you ain't got a hook? Because you're telling this story, but it's not a testimony. How many of you cannot put your finger on a date or an event that there became newness in you? Because if you don't have a hook, it ain't because it ain't been offered to you. It's because you've put back there with your arms folded up so tight you've cut the blood flow off your head. You can't think through this thing. Loosen up. Let it go. Turn loose. Get rid of pride and accept the gift that Christ is offering. The perfect gift of salvation. Hey, listen to me. Don't let the person next to you and the embarrassment of what they think and what they'll now know cause you to miss heaven. <laughs> this is an every man for himself game, salvation. You're responsible for yours. Yes, the faith of your mother, the faith of your grandmother may be what leads you in that direction, but it will not get you into the gate. Your attendance in a church service will not get you in. Your involvement in Sunday school, your involvement in Awanas, your involvement in the kingdom of God is not enough. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be a modified version of the old you. You've got to be a new creation, born again. Go with me to Luke chapter 5, 27. Luke 5, 27. We're going to look at a couple examples of people just throwing it all aside and taking off after Christ because of this hook. Luke chapter 5 verse 27. After these things he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. No questions asked. Levi becomes who? Matthew. A change takes place in his life, right? It's a hook. He goes from, he goes from tax collector. Y'all realize what a, how a tax collector was viewed in that day, right? He, he was the evil, crookedest, dirty, low-down snake in the grass. You know what I mean? Nobody liked a tax collector. Nobody was friends with a tax collector. And here's Levi, the tax collector. And Jesus calls out to the tax collector. Listen, he didn't come here to save the righteous. He came here to save the unrighteous. So Levi had to admit at some point, I'm not where I need to be. I want to be over here where Christ is. Now this is a pretty big leap of faith at this point in time because not all the information is out on Christ just yet. But Matthew gained a hook. A major change took place in his life. Such a drastic change took place in his life that he was not referred to as Levi anymore. His new name was Matthew. His identity changed. He was no longer Levi the tax collector. He became Matthew the disciple. 
a change took place. And I promise you, when he told his story, when he shared his testimony, it was marked on the calendar. He had a place, whether he knew the exact date and time or not, he could put his finger on what was taking place in that day and the events that led up to it and how it looked before that day and what his life looked like after that day. There was a definite difference, a dividing line, a time of change that took place in his life that no matter what anybody else said, he knew what it was. And he knew what the purpose was. And he knew that it was a hook. And no doubt Matthew would go on to use that hook to build the kingdom of God. He left all behind and rose up and followed him. Didn't let nothing hold him back. Go to uh, Mark 1. Mark 1, 16. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Check that out. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Four gentlemen get a hook right here. Simon and Andrew. When Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men, verse 18, they immediately left their nets and followed him. How many are hearing that call this morning, but you just can't let go of the net? You, you just refuse to let go of the net. Look, they're in a family business. They're in a family business. How many of us are saying, I, I will as soon as I can get this wrapped up? You don't understand this is my livelihood. I can't just leave it behind. How, how many of us are saying, but this is my family, and I can't just walk out on my family for some stab at some Jesus? They immediately left their nets. They left everything behind, and they got on board with Christ. How many people are struggling day to day? Because you don't have a hook. There's not a defining point in your life where you can say this change took place. I left this behind and started following this. How many of us have been coming to these churches year after year after year after year and we're in the exact same spot spiritually as we was the day we started? That's no good. That's not going to fly. That's bad. That's real bad. Don't buy into the fact that, that, that somebody says, if you just become a Christian, it'll all be okay. No, it won't. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to leave some things behind. Listen, if your walk with Christ ain't costing you anything, you may be walking with a different Christ than I am. Because there's sacrifice involved. At times there's humiliation involved. It should be costing you something. 
it's not costing you something, I encourage you to look at it a little closer. I encourage you to take a little, little more in-depth look into your relationship with Christ and see if it's really a relationship. You've got to have a hook. There's got to be a defining moment. It's got to be there. I can give you example after example after example from Scripture of people that had an encounter with Christ and an immediate change took place in their life. Does that mean they got it all straightened out, worked out, and never messed up again from that day forward? No, that's not what it means at all. It just means that they became a new creation. That Baldwin man, Stephen, said, before Christ, it was all about making as much money as I could make and pushing my career as far as I could push it. After Christ, it's completely different. You've got to have that time in your life where you can see that things change, your desires change. Not that perfection took place in you, but that your desires changed. And it quit being all about you and it started being about Christ. It started being about others. Because if your life doesn't have a hook, you're just spinning your wheels. You've got to have a hook. You've got to have a hook. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to look at this description and we'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. <clears throat> We'll read through verse 19. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now here's another scripture that starts out with therefore. That means you should take some time and mark this page and go back at some point and read this and make sure I'm not trying to mislead you because no sentence starts out with therefore and self-standing. It's got other things tied to it. It's referring to something else. So I encourage you to do that, to check me on these things. Don't just take it because I said it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, not a revamped version of his old self, not a modified version, a new creation. A new creation. When something is new, when something is new, it's untouched. You haven't seen it before, right? It's new. A new creation. There should be a time in your life when things come to the surface in you that you didn't even know existed. When it came to the top, you went, wow, that's new. Never had that desire before. When it came to the top, you went, wow, that's new. I didn't know that would make me feel that way. When it, when it got brought to the light, you went, wow, that's new. Because you'd never seen that in you before. Not a modified version of your old self. A new creation. See, that's a definite hook. That's a 180 degree turn. That's an obvious change. That's not something you would just miss. You're a new creation. You should be able to put your finger on that. If you can't, I beg you this morning, I beg you. I've said it a million times and I never thought it to be this way. But I've said a million times, I'm not guaranteed to get out that door this morning. Do you know of those 26 people, how many of them thought they'd be their last trip to that church because they would die in that church in Texas? Zero. One whole family of eight didn't make it out of church that morning. See, this is not a game. 
This isn't hit the reset button and get another try. This is real. And if you don't get it right with Christ while you're in this walk on this earth, you're not going to get another chance. And you are not guaranteed to get out them doors this morning. I am not guaranteed to get out them doors this morning. I'm not guaranteed to get to the house. I'm not guaranteed to get another opportunity. This may be my last one. Make the most of it. Of those 26 people who lost their lives in a church in Texas, how many of them do you think walked in the door and went, okay, this is my last? Zero. None of them did. The furthest thing from their mind. And nobody's exempt from death pastor wasn't there but his wife and his 14 year old daughter were his 14 year old daughter didn't make it nobody's exempt nobody we're all gonna die somehow some way you're leaving this walk of life you have to be a new creation before you go I beg you this morning, I encounter too many people, as God has pointed out to me along the way, that don't have a hook. Their story's entertaining. Some of them's even funny. Some of them's heartbreaking. But without a hook, it's just a story. You're just spinning your wheels. You've got to have a hook. Keep reading with me. Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is, no doubt about it, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There will be, be a place where you can look at it and go, this is the way it was before Christ, and this is what it is after Christ. And it will be a defined line. Now, does that mean that after Christ, everything's perfect? No, it doesn't mean that. Not at all. That's not what I'm preaching this morning. But it'll be a time when your desires changed. It'll be a time when you became a new creation. It'll be a time when, behold, all things became new. That Maybe the words you used became new. Maybe the songs you sang became new. Maybe the, maybe the desires of your heart became new. But it was new and it was defined. Don't let foolish pride keep you from experiencing the glories of the next life. Because it's not but two options. There's heaven and there's hell, and that's it. There's no straddling the fence. There's no halfway point. There's no maybes and mights. It's all in or all out. Good news is you get to decide for you. Don't let your age stop you don't let your position stop you don't let your title stop you from experiencing a true relationship with Jesus Christ now all things are of God now all things are of God who has reconciled who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Once you get your hook, it's not for you to put in your pocket. <laughs> it's for you to use. 
Now you've become a part of the ministry of reconciliation because God has reconciled himself to you. Now you get to help encourage others to do that same thing. There's a lot to this process. The first thing you got to do is get off the bench and get in the game. You've got to be involved. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us, committed to us the word of reconciliation. It's, it's ongoing. It doesn't stop when I get mine. But it don't start until I've got mine. In other words, you can't share with somebody else what you don't already have. You can't be out here telling the world about the love of God if you've never allowed the love of God to reside inside of you. You can't be out here telling everybody about how great the gospel is if you've never accepted the gospel. You can't share something you don't have. Once you have it, that's not the end, that's the beginning. Now you've got a hook, it's time to use it. But until you've got your hook, you can't use it. You can't share what you don't have. I beg you this morning, I woke up, I think it was Tuesday morning, I think it was Monday night when I watched that crazy thing on TV. And I got up and, and, I, and I honestly did. God, I wasted an hour and a half of my life. He spent the rest of the week showing me how it wasn't a waste. How it could be eye-opening. and How it can be applied to change me. So that I can reach out to other people. Because although that person... Ain't 68 years old and still ain't got a hook. Still can't give up on him. He might get a hook. He's, got, he's surrounded by people with hooks. I've seen that. He just ain't found his yet. He hasn't answered that call yet. There's a ton of people in this world that don't have a hook. There's somebody in this congregation this morning that don't have a hook. You've never made that commitment to Christ. Whether you've been playing this church game for five weeks or 80 years, none of that matters. None of that matters. So we're going to open up the altar for an invitation. And I'm going to beg you, I'm going to beg you, if you cannot put your finger on an event, a, a date, something that you can honestly say that before this it was this way and after this it was that way. If you don't have that, today is the day for that. Come get your hook. Come give yourself purpose. Give your life purpose by accepting Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've went through those motions. Maybe you remember a time, but you can look at it and go, but you know what? Nothing really changed. I did that. I was a young guy, and I went through all the motions, and I, and I got baptized, and I did all that stuff, but there was no change in me. None. The only thing was different when I come out of that water is I was wet. I don't mark that day as my day of salvation. Because nothing changed. And according to Scripture, it's not possible to encounter Jesus Christ and nothing change. <laughs> there will be a change. There will be things that are different. The time I marked as my salvation date 
I can tell you things changed. I was a new creation. All things became new. And I can point those things out to you. Can you do that for me? Can you show me in your life where that that change took place? If you can't, today is that day. Don't go another day. We're not guaranteed to make it to the car. We're not guaranteed to make it back for another opportunity, another chance. All you've got is the here and now. Make the most of it. If you've got your hook, but you're one of those of guilty of putting it in your pocket and you've never used it, it's for kingdom building. It has a purpose. Everything God's ever given you ain't just for you. It's for the benefit of His people and people around you, regardless of what it is. If God's given it to you, He meant for you to share it. If He gave you grace, He means for you to share grace. If He gives you mercy, He means for you to share mercy. If He gives you His love, He means for you to share His love. He gives you salvation. It means for you to share that. Maybe you've got your hook, but you've never used it. Pray that you'll ask God to change that in your life. That he'll make it possible for you to use your hook. That your story is now a testimony. And that other people will find him because you opened your mouth. Y'all stand as we sing.